0: petersfield's shine radio hello i'm joff lacey and i'm claire venice we're listening and highlighting those who've been supporting in this week's peepod if you love petersfield i love the square, the hangers the
1: open air swimming pool
0: lots of fun shops. then the Peapod loves you
1: it's just a nice town
0: everything petersfield is in the Peapod with claire venice and joff lacey Thank you for joining us in the Peapod. This week, we're bringing you a Petersfield, Ukraine-focused episode as the one-year anniversary of
2: the war in Ukraine approaches. We hear how a Ukrainian refugee is adjusting to life in Petersfield, learn about a UK-based organisation bringing aid to Ukraine, and how a Petersfield school is fundraising to help.
0: As usual, John Walker from the Petersfield Post has your latest local news and Susie has a burst of joy in her wild walk. The P stands for Petersfield. I
2: think it's an amazing place to live.
0: The P-Pod. Hi, Geoff.
2: Hi, Claire. Do you like a burst of joy every now and then? I do. (laughs) (laughs) And it's spring. Spring. So there are a lot of bursts of joy. There there. are, aren't there? And we're recording in your garden this week. Mm -hmm. Locals might say it's a fresh smell out here at the moment. (laughs) Those who've moved to the area, say, would be complaining and saying, I didn't move here to have smells like this. So, how's your week been, Claire?
0: It's been good, I think. Um, The highlight being I went to Susie Wilde's book launch on Sunday at the and Downham Museum.
2: And what book has Susie launched?
0: So, Susie's launched the third book of a trilogy that she's written so really kind of bittersweet for her really that she's written three books and this is the third um and massive congratulations uh, i've read the books except for the third it's on its way um i can't wait it's a viking trilogy and
2: um you know congratulations susie i must read them
0: but yeah it's lovely to be out in the garden here Jov. and um, yes. i'm enjoying my new greenhouse
2: yeah the greenhouse is looking fantastic very clear still. Mm. I give it a couple of months and it's going to be as grubby as you like.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Up here, <laughs> <laughs> everything ends up with algae or moss on it. got to yeah. say,
2: I've, I've done a bit of gardening this weekend. And um, I cleared all the moss away off the brickwork in the garden last year. It's come back and some.
0: Mm. It's that wet, wet, warm weather oh. we had towards the end of last year. Yeah, it's not done anyone any favours.
2: No. <laughs> a, and I've got a blister.
0: Oh, from working so hard?
2: Working so hard. Oh, Geoff. You know, these are, bank, these are bank managers' hands. They're not used to gardening. Did you wear gloves? I did, and it went through. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts. <sighs> Claire, it's all been a bit hard work on the hands.
0: Nice to get out in the fresh air. Yeah, very much spiritual. so, Claire,
2: very much so. And we love to hear from you, so if you have a story you'd like us to cover or would just like to say hi, please do call or WhatsApp us on 01730 555 500, or send an email to team at shineradio.uk. Coming up, we hear from Eva, who moved
0: to Petersfield from Ukraine last year. But first, with your local news, here's Joff with John Walker.
2: Hello, John, how are you? Very well, mate, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. I believe
3: you're suffering. Yeah, I've got some sort of, um, I don't know what it is, chest infection. I imagine 20 a day isn't helping, but I've stopped. As you can see, there is not a cigarette in
2: sight, Joff. I know, John, and I've, I've known you a long time. And it's—is um, it making you feel any better not smoking?
3: Well, yeah, it is. T- I've got to be fair; it is, but ratty. <laughs> is the word I would suggest.
2: Right. So we're going to keep this short and sweet. Then, if you're in a ratty mood, what's caught your eye over the last week, John?
3: Well, the uh, proposal to uh, develop the Festival Hall car park is um, escalating. The uh, Petersfield Society has come out and said that building houses and um, Units across the whole car park is uh, probably not such a good idea and they've appealed for our all concerned to get together to come up with a workable solution that suits everybody. In other words, they haven't actually said don't do it. And of course, the Festival Hall parts of the Festival Hall car park, which is owned by East Hampshire District Council, parts of it are in the Petersfield neighbourhood plan for some form of development, whether it's houses or business units. Not, not all of it, but the whole car park has been put forward, as we know, uh, by East Hampshire District Council to South Downs National Park um, as development land. And the latest on that is the uh, East Hampshire District Council leader, Richard Millard, has uh, said very categorically, despite them putting it forward, so they obviously want to do it, despite them putting it forward for development land, They, of course, they won't do anything until there's been consultations. So at the moment, the council is uh, saying that they will talk to everybody concerned and then make a decision. But I think it's very, very clear that they want to build on that car park. Otherwise, they wouldn't have put it up there. You know, I don't think, whichever way you look at it, (laughs) you can't get away from that fact. So we shall see. It'll be interesting
2: and I believe you've got an update around one of our favourite subjects potholes and the
3: roads yeah, um, it appears that the contractor, because it's all contracted now, everything's contracted it's uh, Hampshire County Council's job to look after the roads but they contract it they don't actually want to do it they want to play a private company to do it so that the private company can make profit that's what they want to do making profit out of our council tax to do a job that isn't getting done the council hampshire county council has said uh, well their local councillor for this area russell oppenheimer who is the representative of Petersville hangars has said that it's going to be at least months before they get back on track whatever back on track may mean uh, because their contractors milestone infrastructure can't recruit enough gangs to work in hampshire to do all the road repairs in the meantime they just the roads just keep getting worse but again i think hampshire county council declares on one hand that it's got to make all these cuts and da di da da and it's going to run out of money i think they've said they've got to have a unless the government steps in they'll have a £58 million pound, I think or it's it's millions of pounds hole in their budget this year. A pothole? Very good Geoff uh, it's a, a black pothole and yet they're prepared to pay contractors who will make a profit to not do the job. Have you thought about a change of career? What has? Working the roads? Oh, with my back, with my back and my knees I can't go no I just think it's, it's these particular issues the car park and the roads and the bins and so on and so forth it's just endemic of how things are local authorities and government to a certain extent, well, to a big extent as we saw uh, during covid when they were paying everybody to do things they don't actually want to su- supply service they call themselves enablers or facilitators now hampshire county council brackets facilitators east hampshire district council enablers uh, they are paying people to do jobs, contractors to do jobs, and those contractors are making money, and the jobs aren't getting done to a satisfactory level.
2: Interesting stuff, John. Over the next few weeks or so, we'll be getting our council tax bills for 2023 to 24, and I know we're going to be looking at that in depth further down the line. I think I'm going to let you go, John. You're looking, looking peaky, and uh, I want you to take, get in the warm, Take it easy and uh, be fit and well to see me next Sunday.
3: Thank you kindly, young master. Take care, mate. Cheers, bye.
2: The Peaceful Post is out every Thursday, so do get one with your weekly shop or subscribe to the digital version.
0: There are now 388 Ukrainian guests residing in Petersfield and the surrounding area according to the Hampshire District County Council as of January the 31st 186 being
2: families Shine Radio's Joe Gray met with Eva who currently lives in Petersfield to hear how her life has changed and what help she still needs This
4: is Joe Gray for Shine Radio and I'm here with the lovely Eva who many of you will have seen in Petersfield so we're a year on
5: since the start of the war. How are you? Uh, hi. Um, I'm feeling um, hard every day. For me, every day is a new challenge. Uh, and now um, this first day challenge, uh, what, uh, what the start day, what is my future? It's uh, not dangerous, but next uh, is, uh, I don't know what my life. It's everyday change, uh, everyday challenge, everyday heart. As you say, every, every, day, every day is yes.
4: a challenge for you at the moment. Yes, and now
5: um, uh, I live in Petersfield. Uh, I have been uh, um, living in Petersfield since June. And now uh, stop the program, support Ukrainian, and I must change um, my host and look in the new rent. Uh, but uh, I don't find a job because I want to work in from uh, education. And now this problem for me, I don't know what is my future now. Have you had any help? with finding a job, because I know you need money to rent... I'm looking the job in education. It's hard, <laughs> maybe because I have three degrees in Ukrainian, but here I'm nothing. I don't have uh, education and must uh, start uh, my life again. Every week I have the meeting in the job center and uh, and um, ask me it maybe training and maybe you look other words and English lesson. Yeah, and more people study uh, English and. Yes, I'm talking with you, because three months ago I don't talk in English, I'm trying now.
4: Is there anything we can do more in Petersfield
5: to help? Community in Petersfield support Ukrainian people, yeah. Uh, Now we're sitting in the library, I I, I have the Ukrainian uh, book here, Uh, I'm reading Ukrainian language help now and talk about must be uh, more information Ukrainian language, maybe in the library too, maybe a council too, because uh, more people uh, don't use uh, good uh, English words and maybe information about rent, about uh, job, yes, and tax, no, no, this money, because it's very hard, I don't know uh, employer and uh, it uh, must be support.
4: And so it sounds like a position that can help you with the official
5: things, but also somebody who speaks your language. Every day, I um, um, ch- ch- check my email and, uh, yeah, I have a lot of more information. English words, I don't understand more. For me, it's very, very hard. For me, for other Ukrainian people, uh, it uh, uh, must be not a lot of more information. Please, step
4: one, step two, step three. So, a center point for information in your language and have somebody that can interpret for you yeah, yeah.
5: and take you through each step yes and uh, yes of course and uh, my language ukrainian language it must be uh, um, uh, people uh, who understand me because yes and one people uh, talk, must be talk ukrainian too because uh, we have uh, other culture uh british people uh, have the small talk everything we don't we have is a problem 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 you must uh, check other problem i don't know uh, when uh Ukrainian language and must be people who understand my problem. A problem from rent, uh, job, uh, other, other, study and uh, psychology problem too. So it's somebody who understands, totally gets the position, the difficult situation that you're in. Yeah, must be understand me, uh, understand my problem and my problem, I don't know about my stress, because my stress stop my next step. So really, it's, it's very
4: challenging... From every direction for you, isn't it? Yeah, um,
5: yeah um, now, uh, yeah, uh, when I start of the war, we wait uh, one month. One month, you must be finished. Months not finished, two months, three months, five months, now uh, one year. It's longer, longer stress. Everyday stress because every morning I'm use my uh, my phone news oh no bombs again my my city city my mom my grandma again and again and uh, Ukrainian people don't don't have the future what is my um, my next week I must go to the work but why I don't know because uh, my mom is the bombs my mom uh, maybe I must come back and support my my, my mom I don't know.
0: Joe Gray also recorded an interview with Councillor Julie Butler to find out what actions
5: East
2: Hampshire District
0: Council have put in place to help Ukrainian guests now in our area. You can
2: hear this interview at shineradio.uk. Susie is at Midhurst Common this week for her
6: wild walk and is feeling joyous. I think birds are a b- bit bird nesting. Nesting, of course, they're birds, so they're nesting. But there's quite a high wind, so I'm sort of lurking in the middle of trees, hoping that this won't be too annoying because I haven't got my special headphones. But I just was inspired to speak to you because there's a whole new sort of valley. Um, at I always call it the Severals, but in fact I've crossed the road, so I'm more on the Midhurst Common side, and. There's a whole sort of ridge that is entirely full of water now. That Oh, a yapper type. Um, that wasn't full of water last time I did it. But I've got to share with you, I feel particularly joyous. Because the book launch that I've rabbited about feels like ever. Um, really a celebration of writing my trilogy, The Book of Borough, for ten years. Was just the most magical event Uh, My publisher, uh, Unbound, John Mitchinson, came and talked. My developmental editor, Liz Garner. um, They chatted for a lot of it, which was wonderful. And I thought, gosh, this Susie Wilde person sounds interesting and a great author. And then it got even better because she was interviewed by author Kate Moss. No stranger to trilogies herself. And today, Kate said that she enjoyed landfall so much that it's going to be one of her four books on her monthly book program on her youtube channel and uh, Boy, can she pick good books it's a It's a really good thing if you if you miss all the book programs that used to be on television, I really commend watching her on YouTube because, as everybody said at the launch afterwards. Gosh, she's a brilliant interviewer and doesn't she speak well as though, well, perhaps they didn't know that that's also her career. Anyway, ha ha, very sweet. But today you can hear I'm a bit out of breath. We've been doing slopes. I wonder if we should have gone that way. If we continue, I suspect rain, it's going to get very muddy indeed. So we might do a slight detour. We'll see. So that's supremely exciting. But also, you know, there's some other things coming up, which I shall bore you with, uh, you with I'm sure, um, further along. But I just wanted to say, for those of you who have sort of given messages of support and happiness and everything... I... Oh, heck, could you hear that? That's was a bit scary rain, wasn't it? Of course that made us jump. I... You know, honestly, they are all so well received and I thank you for it. So now I'm going to go home. I'm going to pick up our canine partner um, and I'm trying not to think about that because that's the one cloud so far without a silver lining because, as some of you know, I think I've mentioned before, canine partners are um, almost certainly closing the hay shop branch and we don't really know... That's my Apple Watch, if you heard something slightly in the background. Um, Even though I'm on airplane mode, it's still counting my steps. Certainly Hayshop might be closing. Well, I know, I think that actually is certain. So what's to become of Canine Partners in the South, we don't know. Which means that what is to become of our dog? Will he be going up to the Midlands? So that's all a bit tense. Because he is the only dog I've ever had who actually falls asleep with my thumb in his mouth. He is like a Wookiee, like a huge teddy bear. So anyway, watch this space on all these things. So I'm very much more excited and very much happier than I was last week. And as you know, I love to to share it all with you. Have a good week. Coming
0: up, We hear from a UK-based organisation called Medics to Medics who are fundraising for and taking aid into Ukraine.
2: But first, over the last year, the Petersfield School has been fundraising to help supplies reach Ukraine via UK organisation Medics to Medics. Claire went to the school to find out more.
0: I've come to the Petersfield School to meet with Natalie Voller, who is a music teacher here, and talk to her about her involvement with Medics to Medics. Hi Natalie, how are you? Hello, I'm good, thank you. Can you explain why you wanted the Petersfield School to get involved with fundraising for Medics to Medics.
7: So Medics to Medics was organised by my cousin Kate and she started off by, uh, at the start of the war, started a fundraising raising page to raise funds for medical equipment to go to Ukraine. And she started um, Medics to Medics from that. They decided that rather than trying to send things out, they needed to go and physically deliver them themselves. Have we started off raising money for maternity packs uh, between my friends and then we asked uh, Mr Morand if he was able to get the school on board with more fundraising and to to help out Medics to Medics which he was really pleased to get involved with. So the school
0: was involved at quite an early stage then?
7: Yes I think the school was involved probably within the first month of the fundraising so probably um, raised funds for um, equipment for the second trip out to Ukraine very early on. And what fundraising events has the school got involved in? So we started off with a cake sale. Then we asked if we could have um, a non-school uniform day dedicated to um, the cause. We had pens which medics to medics had produced and we sold pens on the cake sale and we sold pens elsewhere. We tried a sunflower grain competition which is the national flower of uh, Ukraine and when Miss Jones um, did her dance for Year 7, half of the proceeds went went to Ukraine and the other half went to Dance Live.
0: There's quite a few events then and the whole school's got involved with them by the sound of things.
7: Yes, um, everybody's backed us. They've brought in money for cake sales. The Year 7s did their dance-a-thon in really, really hot temperatures and everybody's really got on board and um, been really receptive to us asking for funds and asking for fundraising. So parents as well, big thank you to them.
0: And we're coming up to a year since the Ukraine war started... What other events do you think that the Peaceful School is going to get involved in to, to continue raising funds?
7: Hopefully, in the next couple of terms, we'll be able to add to our fundraising events, maybe more cake sales. Also, perhaps um, if we get together with uh, some of the people who fundraised with us before, we can think of some other events to help us raise the funds and to keep the story and to keep the Medics to Medics prominent and in people's minds and so that people remember what's going on.
0: And there are a number
7: of pupils here at the
0: school now, aren't there, that have relocated to Petersfield from Ukraine. And how involved with school have they become?
7: So they've, been, they've really immersed themselves into school life. They have regular meetings with one of our teachers who helps them with translation, with dictionaries, with integrating. They're also really welcomed by all the other students, have made really good friends and seem to be very confident now in the school setting.
0: And how important is it for you, obviously you've got a personal connection too, but to, to keep spreading the word about medics to medics and, and to keep the fundraising going?
7: It's really very important because when we see the photographs on the um, Medics to Medics Facebook page and we hear the reports on the news, it's people who are like us with families like ours and they're affected in such a devastating way that it's really important that we carry on and help to raise funds and do what we can to try and make their lives a tiny bit safer or a tiny bit more bearable in those situations for those people still in Ukraine. Natalie, it's been great talking to you. Thank you very much.
0: I'm joined now by Lucy and Erin, who are both Year 10 students here at the Petersfield School. Hi, girls. Hi, You were both involved in raising some funds for Medics to Medics. Can you explain what you did, please?
8: Basically, we um, baked some cakes and sold them to everyone at school to raise some money for people in Ukraine and medical supplies. And did you do
0: it together, Lucy, or was there a group of you?
8: There were a group of us from all different years.
0: And who asked you to get involved? Was it something that you were looking to do anyway?
8: Erin actually asked me to get involved and happily joined in. I was just asked by someone at the school, I can't remember who, I think a teacher, and I I thought it was a good course, so yeah, I decided to help.
0: And how many cakes did you bake?
8: Can't remember. (laughs) Like, I don't know, like 15 or 20, I think. Two big banana breads.
0: (laughs) Oh, they're your speciality. Absolutely. (laughs) And how was the cake sale received here at school?
8: It was good. Everything sold out. There were so many people that came at lunch and break. And do do you think
0: you'd do it again? Absolutely, yeah. And what other events have taken place here, then, to help raise funds for medic to medics
8: uh, There was a non-school uniform. They were all donated a pound or more to not wear uniform. A huge group of Year 7s did a dance-a-thon, and half of the proceeds went to Ukraine.
0: And do you have any friends here from Ukraine that have joined the school in the last year?
8: Uh, there's a few girls in my class that are from Ukraine, I think, maths and English, maybe. So, yeah. They're really lovely.
0: And how has the school welcomed the, the pupils from Ukraine?
8: Uh, It's welcomed them well. Huge, warm welcome. They fit in so well. I don't know how they do it. (laughs) They're speaking English really well for not having spoken English before. They've learnt really quickly and adapted really well.
0: That's great to hear. It's wonderful how involved you are with the school and the fundraising. Thank you very much.
8: Thank you. The Peapod Events
0: Guide: What's on in the Peter Sphere? The South Downs National Park Dark Skies Festival started on February the 4th and continues for two weeks. With stargazing, guiding walks, celestial storytelling, nocturnal wildlife and planetarium shows, the full programme is available on the National
2: Park's website. The Peaceful Museum and Art Gallery is hosting In Conversation with Gordon Rushmere on Thursday the 9th of February. Join Louise Weller, Head of Collections and Exhibitions, and local artist Gordon Rushmere from 7 until 8pm. Tickets are £10.
0: There will be a Steinway Piano Recital at Vidal School on Thursday the 9th of February. Numerous pianists will perform a variety of music to show off their skills. The event is free and starts at 7.30pm.
2: A Dragonfly accessible screening of the film Toy Story will take place on Friday the 10th of February at the Phoenix Theatre in Borden. This cinema screening is for those with disabilities or SEN. More details can be found on the theatre's website. Age
0: Concern is holding a 60-plus Let's Get Moving set of four classes starting on February the 13th at the United Reform Church from 3 until 4pm. The cost is £20 per person for the set and bookings can be made to Sheridan on 07852
2: 172 998. If you'd rather stay in, there's always your local radio station, Shine Radio, to listen to. Available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.
0: You can listen to The Recipe In this award-winning podcast, Noni Needs searches the petersphere for tantalising recipes to brighten up your cooking and
2: to tickle your taste buds. To listen to the recipe and more, go to shineradio.uk, bringing you also a brighter mix of great music and local information.
0: If you're running an event, get it in the guide at shineradio.uk.
2: The UK-based organisation Medics to Medics, made up of NHS paramedics with a passion for medicine and humanitarian aid, has been fundraising to support medical friends and colleagues in Ukraine since the start of the war.
0: Now Medics to Medics is undertaking a huge fundraising project as the first anniversary of the start of the war draws near. Hoping to supply 365 individual first aid kits to mark 365 days of conflict, Medics to
2: Medics founder Kate Wilson spoke to us via phone. Hello Kate, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you very much for joining us. Just to kick us off, please explain what Medics to Medics does.
1: At the very start of the conflict in Ukraine, so back last February, I had a very wise decision or not maybe depending on how you look at it, to gather some medical supplies, take them out to Ukraine, and we thought at the time it would be a one-van journey and um, that we would literally take these supplies by the time we got home, the conflict would potentially almost be nearly over. And nearly a year later, we're still doing the same thing. So we literally go backwards and forwards to Ukraine with medical supplies in a nutshell.
0: Why did you feel the need to set up Medics to Medics then, Kate?
1: So prior to the conflict in my previous role, I'd been collecting some obsolete and excess medical supplies that I knew that we wouldn't, wouldn't need where I worked before the expiry date and I'd made contact with a charity um, originally that were based in Malta and would send supplies to them and they would send them out to areas across the globe in need and I would sort of asked them at the start would, would they be going in into Ukraine which they confirmed they would be doing and through some very loose connections that I'd already got in Ukraine managed to get these supplies out to them. And I guess as a paramedic, your first thought is, can you be of assistance to other people when they're in need? Medics love medics. We we share a very common language, even if we don't speak the same language. Um, and it just it just went from there, really. And what is
2: actually involved?
1: It has evolved as time has gone on. Initially, I think our very first approach was we grab everything we physically can. Like we fundraise and we buy everything and we put it in a van and we take it out because we knew that pretty much everything in those early days would be needed but as times passed we've tried to refine that process somewhat so what we do now is we we have certain contacts we have sort of contacts within within the surgical field within the anesthetic field medics on the front line and we and we ask them directly you know what is it that you're short of this month is there anything that we can help you with and we fundraise we basically have to go and and raise the funds for those items and then we take them out in a van into Ukraine and then we have some contacts inside Ukraine who, who meet us. We then come home and we start that process again.
0: You mentioned that you went out close to when the war first started last February. How many yes. times have you been back to Ukraine since then?
1: I actually lose count now. <laughs> um So the first time we went out was was literally two weeks after the conflict had started. And we have been out pretty much every month, every three to five weeks since then, with the exception of July, when we took a sort of seven-week break, because we were fairly exhausted at that point. But since then basically yeah every, every four weeks so i got back from the latter one two weeks ago
2: and as we, as we come up to the first anniversary is there still a need for all this aid
1: absolutely yes there categorically is the situation is very very difficult we tend to go into the west where life for the most part, is generally normal, with the exception of, of generators going frequently as you walk down the streets of the cities because of the power shortages and the air raid alerts that are being activated. Life is normal, but out to the east and to the south and to those frontline areas, that aid is, is still desperately needed, and including into the villages that have been recently liberated, unfortunately.
2: Are you at any risk at any time?
1: I guess that's a very subjective question. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I always say that I'm not, but my husband would argue that at the end of the day, I am inside a country that is in the middle of a conflict. And therefore, if I need to have an air raid siren alert on my phone to tell me when to take shelter, then there is always that risk. So... Yes, there is, there is an element of risk, I suppose. It's a calculated risk. But we personally are not taking this supply to the front line. We have our trusted contacts who are very used to these these frontline areas that, that take those supplies in for us.
0: And this has absolutely changed your life, hasn't it? None of us thought that the war would still be continuing almost a year on. I mean, how has your life changed as a result of this?
1: Well, I suppose this time 12 months ago, I was steady employment in the NHS as a paramedic. I had fairly predictable pattern to my life I suppose and then obviously when when I made the very first Facebook post to say I'm going to collect some supplies on the 25th of February at that point everything changed because there's a huge amount of work and preparation that needs to go into getting these supplies and fundraising yeah it's hard to put into words I suppose how the impact that this has had for me it's quite personal because the people that you end up taking supplies to you speak to them very frequently you become very attached to them and certainly for our guys who take the aid into some of the more dangerous areas you do worry that will they come out alive are they going to get injured so you always have this concern in the back of your mind of what other people out there are going through and it's just very full on if you want to do something and you want to do it properly you have to be committed to it.
0: Now, the supplies that you take out to Ukraine are put in special packs called IFAC packs. Can you explain what IFAC stands for, please?
1: Yeah. So we don't solely take out IFACs. IFACs is just one, one area of focus that we have at the moment. And with the anniversary coming up, we've launched a very big project that we've based around IFACs. So IFAC stands for Individual First Aid Kit, but it's not a first aid kit in the sense that you would find in your bathroom or in your workplace for example so it's more of a military outdoor based item and those IFACs will go to the to the guys and girls that are working on the front line and they contain very specific supplies that would give them the chance of survival in the event of a catastrophic injury. So a few of the things that, that go into there, we have something called a catastrophic tourniquet. So these aren't the sort of tourniquets that you would have on your arm if you went for blood tests, for example. They're, they're a special tourniquet that create enough pressure to, to stop catastrophic hemorrhage. So they're very expensive to buy. You need a good quality tourniquet that is reliable and that's tested and they cost around the £35 mark for you to get a very reputable and well-known brand. And then we also put into the IFACS um, a product called Celox, which is a dressing that's impregnated with special agents that help with that clotting process to stop that bleed faster. And they can often be used in combination. Then we also include a protective airway in case that patient is unconscious and the medic needs to use that on them and put something in called a chest seal which helps with chest injuries just until they can get into a casualty stabilisation point. So those IFACs that we put together they come in anywhere between 80 to 100 pounds per pack which seems insanely expensive but we know through research that patients suffering very very traumatic injuries they have a better chance of survival if that bleeding is stopped before they get those those casualty stabilization points so they're crucial and we're fairly confident we're not going to hit 365 to mark the 365 days because of the the value of them but we're working on the basis that every single one that we produce can go to somebody that needs one and if they were to be injured in the field it just gives them that chance
2: you say your fundraising continues how can people help
1: there's several ways that people can help us and not all of them are necessarily financial so the most obvious way that people can help is to donate into our just giving fund the second thing people can do is that we appreciate that because we're not a registered charity and we're just a little tiny group of paramedics that a year ago were very much minding our own business busy in our nhs jobs If people would rather buy a product, we can actually put them into direct contact with our supplier and then our supplier sends them direct to us. Thirdly, we also have um, a little Amazon wish list. So the pouches that we use for the IFACs can actually come from Amazon. We found that the Amazon pouch does the job just fine. Um, and the other thing they can do if they're on Facebook is they can just share our page because just exposing us and increasing that visibility, we find that somewhere along the line somebody will see our page and they'll pop a donation into the Just Giving or they'll contact us directly and say, "Could I buy this from your supplier?" So the shares and the and the visibility for us is just arguably as important as when the money goes into the Just Giving. Kate, it's been
0: extremely interesting talking to you. Thank you so much for taking the time to tell us. What you're doing—it's absolutely incredible what you do. If you could just remind us, please, what the Facebook page is.
1: Yeah, sure. So it's Medics, plural, M-E-D-I-C-S, to the word to, T-O, and then Medics again, Medics to Medics on Facebook, and we're also on Twitter, and the Twitter handle is Medics to Medics one, the number one.
0: Best of luck, and to everybody else who's with you there at Medics to Medics. We wish you all the best with this recent fundraising, and safe travels.
1: Thank you very much. And so we come
2: to the end of
0: this week's Peapod. Thank you for joining us.
2: Thanks also to our guests, Eva, Natalie Voller, Erin and Lucy, Kate Wilson, John Walker, Susie Wilde, M Sefton-Smith and the whole of the Shine Radio team. So from Joff and I this week...
0: Bye!
2: A local job in care could earn you up to
0: £39,000 a year. Join us at the Signature Recruitment Fair in Hindhead to find out more about jobs in care, hospitality and catering. We'll be at Signature at Moreland's on Friday the 10th and Saturday the 11th of February. Visit us in person or apply online at wakeuptobetter.com.
2: Salary based on a 48-hour week at £16 an hour.